Last minute escapes. In the sun? What is the best airline? Or oh, the worst airline? What happens if my flight is delayed? Or cancelled? Would I be put on a new flight? Or would I be refunded? What if it takes me days to get home? Hmm, benefits of a UK staycation. When life gives you questions, get answers at which.co.uk. Hello and welcome to the Witch Shorts podcast. I'm Rob Lilly. Now the summer holiday rush is already in full swing, with campsites, hotels and airports full, as families look to make the most of some well-earned time away, either here in the UK or indeed further afield. But when you're booking those holidays, how much attention do you pay to the star rating for the accommodation where you'll be staying? Quite a lot, I'd imagine. So how do you feel when we tell you that everything might not be as it seems? Well, keep listening as we tell you more in this piece, originally written and read by Lauren Bell. A five-star beachfront resort in Cos, Greece. But before you give Booking.com your card details, you spot that the exact same hotel is listed as four stars by On The Beach and four stars plus on Tui's website. Your head spins. Which should you trust? This was a real example that we found during our research. These days, we're bombarded with scores and ratings, and not all are an accurate reflection of quality. The hotel star rating system may have been around for over a century, but with every company brandishing its own set of rules, this broken system creates more confusion than clarity. Not only are some tour operators rejigging official ratings based on customer experience, or coming up with their own scoring systems altogether, but a five-star hotel in the UK is very different to its so-called equivalent in Europe or across the pond. Confused? You're not alone. So let's start with here in the UK. A hotel that fails to muster even one star must be a dirty, bug-infested hovel, right? Not necessarily. The AA star rating, the official scheme most of us are familiar with, is determined by the local tourism board after a secret overnight inspection. However, it's an opt-in scheme and not all hotels sign up to be assessed. That might be because the manager knows the hotel won't meet even basic hygiene standards or it could be just that they don't offer breakfast or have a TV in every bedroom. Both are required to secure even a minimum one-star rating. The US equivalent of the AA recently got round this problem by ditching its one and two diamond ratings. Instead, it provides an approved stamp if a property meets minimum standards. This is to prevent a nice but no-frills property being stigmatised by a low score. The system gets even more archaic when you leave home soil. The French government says that double rooms must be at least nine square metres to be rated one star. In Italy, the authorities have set the bar at a more generous 14 square metres, but private bathrooms aren't a requirement, so you could end up brushing your teeth with your neighbour. Compare this with the AA star rating system in the UK, where en-suites are a must, but bedroom size stipulations are woollier. Guests simply need sufficient space to move easily around the room, the criteria states. In Spain, benchmarks vary from region to region. In Dubai, it's further complicated, as the government owns some of the hotels it decides classifications for. 
There have been vague attempts at standardisation over the years. The Hotel Stars Union was formed in 2009 to unify the star rating system in Europe. To clinch two stars, the property must be able to provide a sewing kit and shoe polish on demand. Meanwhile, a five-star will be expected to offer a turndown service and a personalised greeting with flowers or a present in the room. Since its creation, 20 countries have joined, but key tourist destinations such as France, Spain, Portugal and Italy are notably absent from the scheme. A lack of consistency is one thing, but imagine hotels being able to pick their classification at random. When a hotel joins Booking.com, it's asked to self-select its rating with no verification process to check that the information is correct. This means that in theory, it can choose any number of stars it likes. Sure enough, when we spot-checked a handful of London hotels, we found an example where the AA's official rating had been inflated from three to four stars. Booking.com says on its website that if it becomes aware that a star rating is inaccurate, it will ask a service provider to prove they deserve it, or make its own adjustments. After we contacted Booking.com, it provisionally downgraded the London's hotel star rating while it waited for a response from the property. Still, with more than 28 million listings on its platform and with no way of vetting them, we question how often it will spot errors such as this one. In contrast, Expedia told us that it actively verifies star ratings with the relevant national authorities. We found no inconsistencies on its site when we checked. Assigning non-official ratings isn't uncommon among holiday companies though. Virgin Holidays scores hotels using V ratings, which range from 3 to 5. On the Beach takes the local authority's star rating, adjusting it where it feels it doesn't match reality. Sound confusing to you? The Advertising Standards Authority, the ASA, agrees. In 2017, On the Beach had its wrist slapped after a customer complained about a misleading listing for Laguna Park 2 in Tenerife, rated with three gold stars. Buried at the bottom of the page was a line stating that the official rating was two stars. The ASA ruled that On the Beach must make it sufficiently clear when using its own rating system in future ads, but when we checked the page we found the same mismatch. On the Beach told us it had initially made amends, but due to continuous updates to the site, they were no longer in place. It agreed to reinstate the changes, adding, we have sent more than 30,000 people to Laguna Park with minimal issues. One thing is for sure, the hotel rating system is baffling enough without travel operators and booking sites making up their own rules. So amid all this confusion, how do you find a good hotel room? First, look beyond star ratings. A low or no rating could simply reflect a hotel's lack of facilities rather than its cleanliness. But if you want to check an official star rating in the UK, go to ratedtrips.com forward slash AA hyphen star hyphen rated hyphen hotels. Next, read independent reviews. Hotels will gift journalists the best rooms and wine and dine them to try and secure a glowing write-up, which travel, however, never accepts freebies and conducts all inspections undercover so you can trust our impartial reviews. Check guest experiences. Recent guest reviews and ratings on websites such as TripAdvisor and Trustpilot are another handy insight. Just keep an eye out for the fakes. And finally, find out room sizes. Minimum sizes may be stipulated in other parts of Europe, but the UK has no such rules. Don't rely on images either. Clever angles and a fisheye lens can make rooms appear bigger than they are. Watch out for euphemisms such as cosy and snug. 
Most descriptions will give the size in square metres or square feet on booking.com, so make sure you check these instead. Thank you so much to Lauren for taking us through her piece, originally written for the July issue of Witch Travel magazine. Remember, you can find more articles you'll find useful every day on witch.co.uk, and we've also got plenty of advice on there and on our social channels if your holiday has been impacted by the terrible wildfires hitting Europe too. We'll be back next week for another episode of Witch Shorts, and thanks for listening. Witch Shorts was produced by me, Rob Lilly, while the exec producer was Angus Farker. Hi there, Harry from Witch here. Our research has found that millions of families are skipping meals to survive the cost of living crisis. And our figures show that over 8 in 10 people in the UK are having to make adjustments to save money on food. With the price of essential products soaring, we believe that supermarkets have to step up to the plate to help us all. That's why we've launched the Affordable Food for All campaign calling on the big supermarkets to take action and make a real difference to communities across the UK. If you agree and would like to join our campaign, then sign our petition at witch.co.uk slash affordable dash food and use the hashtag affordable food for all on social media. Thank you.